Hello, I am out on the road. I uh, just got my son. Oops, I gotta adjust the mic. There we go. On uh, his runner sled. I had to add new rope for him. But now I get to I get to take a walk and. Uh, Continue on talking about um, the implications of the difference between rule and tyranny. Okay, so my hypothesis is that rule is the exercise of authority nested in the hope that the the ruler is negotiating on behalf and uh, tyranny is when authority is exercised to um, put you in your place it, it's it's when authority is exercised to to keep the authority in the dominance uh, above you in the dominance hierarchy, some something like that. So, a tyrant orders you around because he can, and he's not terribly concerned about whether it's for your good. He does it solely for his benefit, in some measure of that word. Um, it may not actually benefit him. It just may be that, that that tyranny getting his own way. And I will say that I think very often that is the, the most um, extreme form of tyranny. So if you are being a tyrant to get what you want, then when you get what you want, uh, you are happy. Okay, so I could tyrannize you and... Take your, take your lunch. If I were, a, you know, sort of a, an iconic bully from a, a 1950s neighborhood. So I'm the bully, and I take your lunch. And I, but once I get your lunch, I'm happy. And so that is a tyranny. But what I think is, is, makes the sort of unending spiral of tyranny is when the tyrant begins to value the look on your face when you lose your lunch. So he, he begins to value getting his way over your way rather than getting what whatever it is that he wants. So I think that's the, the greatest form of tyranny. And it's one of the reasons why I encourage um, parents and I encourage couples to make the distinction between getting your own way and getting what you want. Because getting your own way it's not quite a feedback loop, but it's a, but it's an endless um, it's a it's a black hole. Because when you get your own way, then you immediately have to find some place 
um, where you don't get your own way and try to bring that into this, what you then assume is a proper relationship until you have people who have gotten their way so long and so consistently, probably because they've been surrounded by prosperity and, um, I would say, kind-hearted people. But I, I wouldn't say that anymore. I would say nice people. They've gotten their own way so long, so consistently, they have begun to think that they ought to get their own way in every situation. And you'll find people like that. I have found people like that sort of pitted against reality itself and expecting that they should be bend reality to their will. Okay, somebody like that isn't inevitably a tyrant, but a tyrant who is that way is sort of an endless tyrant. So I guess it goes from a ruler who exercises authority. And what is authority? Um, it, it is some, some form of dominance. So I don't think we should be afraid to name it that. So they exercise dominance nested in the hope that they are negotiating on your behalf, that they are justly negotiating on your behalf. And then there is what I would call petty tyranny, which is somebody exercising their dominance to get something that they want, irrespective of what you want. And then there is gross tyranny, which is somebody getting, using their dominance to get their own way. And uh, if you were listening to the stories that came out of Iraq after um, the fall of Saddam Hussein and, and his sons, it was clear that their tyranny had progressed to the, to the point where they simply valued, um, they valued getting their own way, particularly in the face of, you know, they valued your helplessness. Like I suggested, the, the neighborhood bully liking not the sandwich he just stole from you, but liking the look of helplessness and frustration that was on your face when he pushed you over and took your lunch. Okay, so rule is the, the exercise of authority nested in the hope that it is for our own good. Well, one of the places where I have used the concept of rule for a long time is in my conceptual structure for developing children. And one of the things that I, I insist is necessary, I really believe this, is that a child must be able to be ruled by a tangible authority. 
And if that child learns to be ruled by tangible authority, then they can begin to be ruled by a an intangible structure that is established by that rule. And then they can, if they can be ruled by that intangible structure, the, uh, the memory, the social mores, a, a whole set of things, then they can begin to rule themselves and make certain choices within that structure which differentiate them from the, the others. So, so they begin to be able to become an individual. And then for me, um, the final step is that they can then be ruled by the divine. And so I have, I have had that structure. I've talked about it a lot. Is it that when you rule your child, it is not because you desire to rule them forever. If it is, I suppose that would be tyranny. But when you rule your child, you rule them because you, in theory, are the most loving, tangible force in their life. And they have to learn to be ruled by something tangible, something physical. You can't expect a three-year-old to be ruled by a concept. A three-year-old is going to be ruled by something that has a very physical ability to dominate them. But for that child to learn to be ruled is to learn two things. One, it is to learn the, the physical necessity of submitting to something stronger, something more competent, something higher up the dominance structure. But it's also learning to expect that hope and learning how to search out that hope. So the, the hope that that ruler is is negotiating on their behalf. Now, I've talked about that for kids. That's what's happening. That's why you get to tell the kid to do the dishes. You get to tell the kids, well, why do you get to tell me to do the dishes? And and I don't think, you, as a parent, you want to get sucked into a lot of arguments about how it's wise or just or right. I really think that the, the most useful way for you to handle that argument is to say, well, you needed a place to stay, but you were a kid, so you couldn't negotiate for a place to stay, because whatever you promised, we wouldn't really believe you could do. So you had your parents, who love you, negotiate with your parents, who own the house. So you know, we, we were two people in that negotiation. We were, the, we were the ones who loved you and wanted you to have a place to thrive. And we were the ones who owned that place and weren't sure we wanted to share. And so we made a deal with ourselves. And we said, well, you know what? Maybe we could put up with the kid if he would do some chores around the house. That would, that would be... That would, that would take away the the uh, burden of of having this kid 
in our in our home enough that we could put up with this kid. And so that's what you're doing. You're doing the dishes because we may, I get to tell you to do the dishes because I'm informing you that that's your part of a contract which I negotiated on your behalf with myself. I think that's useful. Now, the, the reason I think that conceptualization is useful is that you... When you go the other direction, when you say this is the wise, uh, the wisdom of the ages expressed, that I'm telling you only what is wise, then your kids need to start to undermine your wisdom. Excuse me. They need to undermine your wisdom to get out from under your authority. They have to prove you are stupid so that they can leave. And... So generations of teenagers have done that. I don't know if they always did that. The, the whole idea of the rebellious teenager might have been intensified by the prosperity of the last several generations in America. Um, and, 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 I mean, the young always have new ideas, and the young are, are always sure that that maybe they could take more risks than the old, you know. And so, so there's always been a young-old divide. But the the idea of the rebellious teen who who thinks that they are entitled to their parents' riches, I think, has been a product of making the wrong argument. Somehow, we thought we were too good to tell our kids. Well, you're doing the dishes, so you have a bed to sleep in. And it actually, then, it put them in the place of the parents saying, no, we are having you do the dishes because it is the wise thing. And the kids said, okay, so if I can prove that you're stupid, then I don't have to. Then I can be emancipated. And, and whether or not that's the reason, we certainly see that happening. But I am convinced that it is not necessary. If, because look at what happens when I say, this is all talking about rule. I'm sorry, I'm probably going over stuff that I went over. But, but this is all part of me. I mean, this, is, this is, doesn't have to happen when I say, okay, well, you're doing the dishes because I made a deal. And then like, well, then when will I not have to do when will you not have to be able to tell me to do dishes? Well, there's two choices. One is when you have your own place. Okay? You, you, you're able to have your own home. And when you have your own home, you can eat everything off plastic and paper. And never have to do dishes. That's fine. I mean, that choice is yours. But there is one other way. And that is when you can negotiate more effectively than I did. I, and a negotiation, remember this, a negotiation is an agreement based on our differences in value, which allow me to get more of what I want while you get more of what you want. My kids conducted one today, and I think it's illustrative. So my daughter said, can we have 
my brother clear the table because I actually like doing the dishes. And the brother was, he didn't say it, but he sort of had the attitude, well, I don't like doing either. And it's like, okay, well, then, then sister just came up with a great negotiation. She's saying the same amount of work can be done. The table can get cleared and the dishes can get done. And since he doesn't like both jobs equally, and I like doing dishes better, then, then even though he doesn't get a better deal, he doesn't get a worse deal, He's, he's going to spend a certain amount of time, actually probably less time, because clearing the table takes less time than doing the dishes. But he is going to get, he's going to get less of doing something he doesn't like, and she's going to do more work, and she's going to like it better. So the net gain, she, she negotiated to increase the net gain based on the individuality and a difference of values. Okay? Now, I'm repeating myself, but it's been a couple days, so, so me, me going over it hopefully doesn't bore you. But the value of negotiating, the value of rule being seen as a negotiation comes down to this issue of saying, okay, well, then what's... What's going on when I rule myself? So you take the kid, he's ruled by parents. The, the parents are tangibly in his life saying, you have to do this. Okay, and then the parents set up a structure and the kid can be ruled by the structure, which amounts to being sort of the memory of the parents, the memory of the tangible authority. So it's getting a little less tangible, but it's still tied to the tangible. And then the child can begin to be ruled by themselves. They can rule themselves. When they decide to do something, they can follow through. And why do they have that skill? Because they gain that skill, the tangible authority. So they have the skill, but now they're assigning that skill not to the tangible authority, but to something inside of them or an ideal outside of them. So, self-rule, I think, is the mark of maturity. Well, that self-rule as a mark of, of maturity, as, as this, this point at which we... The, the, a point which we aspire to... I think has um, has a hypothetical question that's often asked by young people. I, I, I could simplify it and try to make up a question, but I'm going to go right to the question that I think I saw it asked in because it intersects with with some conclusions that that I am. I have read historically. So I'll tell you where it hits a young person who was raised similar to I am in a supportive but strict moral environment. 
And that is, you, you start to learn to rule yourself. Well, you, you start out first being ruled by your parents and then being ruled by their rules, the memory of their authority. And the rules that they have are, a lot of them are fairly logical. You know, you, you're ruled by the rule that says, do not steal. And you're like, okay, well, yeah, I get that. Um, now I'm starting to have a few things. And if it was okay to steal, there's a whole lot more people that would be able to steal from me than I would be able to steal from. So this deal that we make in our society to, to say, don't steal, it actually... I, as an eight-year-old, probably get more benefit from it. Um, because if we said, hey, steal from whoever you want, um, I would never have anything. As soon as I got something, it could be taken by all of these people who are bigger from me. And the, the ones who are littler than me, from whom I could take, they, they don't have anything yet. So there's this kind of a logic. No, I don't suppose many kids go through that logic um, they don't articulate that logic, but I think it, the sense of it is there. Okay, so, so we have a lot of rules then, and it's easy to think of them as rules because they're nested in the hope that they're the best thing for, for the group of us, that they're actually the best thing for me. Um, it, it, you know. So I don't get to shoplift and take a candy bar. Um, because it would really do me no good. I'd be the eight-year-old who stole the candy bar who immediately got it stole by the ten-year-old who's waiting by, at the door. Okay, so, so the hope that this is for my benefit is pretty coherent, I would say. But there comes a point in time when there is the prohibition against having sex. And I really think that this is the biggest thing. I think in general, the prohibition against having sex is where most young people run into a morality um, that really pushes them. Um, they, they could be, you know, it could be earlier not stealing um, I suppose there is a very early challenge of, of not lying, but, but I think those are fairly easily seen as within the, within the social structure. But suddenly it hits a young person very strongly that they desire to have sex and it's against the rules. And so you have some kids who who try to skirt those rules every way they can. And uh, we aren't going to talk about them. That's its own challenge. But I want you to look at the kind of person who says, okay, I'm going to follow that rule. Nested in the hope that it is the best thing for me. And at some point, and, and this may be unique to a generation where the direct connection between sex and children has been obscured through the birth control. 
So, is birth control 100%? No. But it, it is a rather new thing that we would see so pretty widely as sex not being a question of child, or sex being a separate question. And, and so, I mean, one of the answers could be, and this was the sexual revolution, saying, okay, the old morality is no longer um, relevant. You know, the old, old, the old morality spoke to the creation of children, and so, yeah, you better not have any when you couldn't, but that's not the case anymore. What we need to do, the sexual revolution's answer is to say, what we need to do is have everybody know how to have, um, have protected sex. And, uh, well, that is, that is a problem, you know, and, and so that has to be answered in its own, um, in its own discussion. But let's, let's continue to look at the young man who says, okay, I will follow that rule. And so he's trying, he's struggling like everything to follow the rule. And what is following the rule? Well, it is the, the exercise of authority or else the memory of that authority nested in the hope that it's negotiating on his own behalf. Only now he's trying to enforce that rule upon himself. And I'm speaking from the guy's perspective because that's what I understand. Um, so he says, okay, uh -huh. this is something I desire, I want it. And at first he'll say, I have to rule myself. Okay, well, what's that? That is, I am going to exert dominance. One half of me is going to exert dominance over the other half of me, nested in the hope that the half of me that is exerting that dominance has my best interest and is actually negotiating on behalf of my real self. I think that's what I did. But the suspicion that I have is that for some people, that, that hope isn't nurtured enough. And, and what I think happens, particularly in restrictive religious backgrounds, is a message is given that you need to rule yourself. But if you can't rule yourself, then you must tyrannize yourself. And that's the heart of the idea that I'm trying to, trying to talk about today. Self-tyranny. That you would say, I will always want it. There's no way that I cannot want it. I could rule myself. But I can't rule myself in hope that it's the best thing. So then I can only tyrannize myself. The self, 
that part of myself which fears something, the rejection of other people or the condemnation of a religious organization or something, that part of me is going to exert authority over the part of me that, that wants to have this sex. It's going to exert that authority and it is not going to care. It's, it is simply not going to worry about whether that is in hope. That is what I would call self-tyranny. And I think something very, very destructive happens when you tyrannize yourself. And, and one of the reasons that I think we tyrannize ourselves is because uncovering hope can be um, time-consuming. It can be kind of hard. And so it seems like you have this shortcut that says, okay, I will just, I, fine, if that's what you want, I will just, I won't do it. And, and oftentimes I feel like the, the structures of, of church youth groups that actually do address this are, are a little bit uncomfortable answering the questions. I mean, I know that as a young person, the whole idea that, that birth control might have changed the fundamental question was, man, that was just a Pandora's box that nobody wanted to open. Could technology, could a technology come about that would, would change morality? So, so what if, and, and I mean, this came, this was a thing back in the day. There were eunuchs, right? There were people who were made into people who could not have could not have offspring. So in China, they took everybody who served the king and and they said, well, you're not going to have any kids, so you can't possibly hope to start a dynasty, and that's the only way we can trust you as an advisor. And I, I guess there's some, some logic to that, although, you know, I, I'm having, having a comfortable life in a seat of power, or having starting a family, you know, I, I, I suppose that, that that could even it could even be a choice. But would that technology, you know, so so birth control isn't a hundred percent reliable. But if it could be made a hundred percent reliable, um, you know, right now the only way to make a hundred percent reliable is to make it irreversible and, and so then that brings a whole nother question and, and if a young man said well you know I'd rather have lots of sex now and I'm not going to worry about it so I don't want to have kids I think pretty much anyone would say no 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 you, you don't get to we aren't going to give you permission to to make an, a, a choice like that at your age it, it opens like I said Pandora's box but, but as a young person, we, we didn't even, 
They didn't even tell us that there was a Pandora's box to be opened. It was a lot easier to say, rule yourself, and if you can't rule yourself, tyrannize yourself. My, my suspicion is this. This is half of, of what um, sort of was the, the kind of a Freudian opposition to, to uh, the, the morals of the day. Um, although I think, I think his idea of repression, I, I've been listening to some stuff that he wrote and um, audiobooks. Okay, he's not reading them. <laughs> Sounds like I'm not just a crazy guy walking through the woods talking. I'm a crazy guy walking through the woods listening to. No, I, I'm listening to an audiobook by Freud, and I realize that, that he saw repression as a much more specific thing that that your brain could shut off certain things. But but I whether so so I don't know how much is is just attributed to Freud, but the sense that there was a a moral code that said, well, look at rule yourself, but if you can't, then tyrannize yourself. I think, I think is, is a, not an odd, I mean, I, I don't think I have to go way out on a limb. I think we have seen that. Um, I, I'm afraid it's it's very common in religious structures, whether those Christian religious structures or any religious structures, to the point that as as modern ideologies are manifesting themselves much more like like extreme religions, we're having the same thing that says, look at if you can't rule yourself, then tyrannize yourself and we could we could talk about how that's yes but not tonight my point is and maybe maybe it's just an idea right now but but let me try to take it to someplace useful and that is that I think I think that the proper response for us is to call people to rule themselves and caution them against tyrannizing themselves. And and I'm going to go way out on a moral limb. But I think it it would be best to rule yourself. But I think it would be better if you could not find the hope that allowed you to rule yourself. If you could not find that that idea that would call, that that would, would describe to you the fact that your better self is ruling over a weaker self, I almost think it would be better to to go forward and find out rather than to tyrannize yourself. Um, I don't know that. 
I don't know that. I, I, I think sometimes, um, I, I, obviously one of the places I work with a lot of people who are struggling with addiction. And one of the answers that seems to be um, sort of inherent in a lot is, okay, on one hand you need to be sober, on the other hand you don't want to be sober. So there is part of you that needs to rule over the part that wants to use. And I'd say, okay, I would agree with that. But I think sometimes there is the idea that, that the part of you that the part of you that should rule, if it can't be ruled, should should tyrannize. And one of the things about tyrannies is that tyrannies are super unstable. And so I think one of the one of the results of this is that it's like, okay, it'd be good if you could rule yourself. If you could if you could force yourself use using the authority of your of, of part of you, you could you could dominate the, the part that wants to use in hope that that's the real you. The real you is the sober you. That's, that's a good idea. But the, the, the sober, the, 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 the idea that, well, but if you can't do that, then I guess you just better tyrannize yourself. I think leads to the people going through treatment and and saying, well, I, can, I will. Okay, fine, I'll tyrannize myself. And then losing it all. I, I, I think, again, I'm, I'm way out on a limb, but I think sometimes it would almost be better to say, well, if you cannot, if you cannot rule yourself, Maybe you could compartmentalize yourself and find some part where you could rule. I still remember telling somebody who was staying with me, who's, who, who was sure that he had to have pills to, to, to even exist, to even go to work. And he was, he was 100% positive. There was no way that he could rule himself. And I said, well, okay, then, then what part of you can you rule? I said, tomorrow, instead of crushing up that pill and snorting it, could you take it the way normal people take pills? With a glass of water. Put it in your mouth and swallow it. He's like, are you telling me to take drugs? I'm like, no. <laughs> you're telling me you're going to take drugs. I'm telling you, what if you could find one little domain that you could rule? He, he wouldn't. I mean, I find that fascinating. He wouldn't. I don't know whether I was giving him good advice or not. I figured I got nothing to lose. But, but, you, but you get, I don't know whether I'm making any sense. The idea is that, that tyranny is super unstable. And so the, the idea that I'm just going to tyrannize myself and that will solve the problem... Tyranny doesn't progress. Rule progresses because rule is nested in the hope. And so I, I think this is this is my idea. And I'm, 
you know, if, if you're going through something personally, I'm not that hard to get a hold of. Find me. Let's talk it through. Let's invent something that would work with you. But what I'm suggesting is instead of saying, okay, fine, I'll tyrannize myself, I would say, well, find out what part of what part of this you could rule. You know, may, maybe maybe you can't rule the whole the whole emotion. But could you rule some of the emotions? I, I've, I've often thought that, that if somebody came to me and said, Jeremy, I'm having a terrible time with alcohol. Um, I, I would like to have you um, take my car keys and my cell phone so I can't drive while under the influence or text while under the influence. And I... I'm going. I've got enough money saved up to to buy this much alcohol and stay this many nights at a hotel. Would you drop me off at that hotel? I don't know. I think I would. I think I would say, okay, okay. You are you're admitting that that you can't rule your whole self, but you could at least rule your ability to to alienate people by by starting arguments with your cell phone while you're drunk that would be that would that would reduce a lot of the pain you would face in life and you're willing to make sure that that you can't possibly go anywhere and so yes I'll drive you to a town where you don't know anybody and and I'll come pick you up now is that ideal no it isn't but if that's what you can rule, I think it's more important to rule yourself. I think that if you decide, I can't rule myself, I am going to tyrannize myself. That is the wrong decision. Maybe it's taken this much of the walk to come to this place. But this is maybe what I'm suggesting. If you cannot, if you cannot rule yourself, Rather than saying, okay, then I will tyrannize myself, if that even exists, which I'm postulating it does exist, I would say, I can't rule myself. What is a smaller domain that I could rule? And so start with the very tiniest thing that you could rule and grow the kingdom over which you can rule. Is a is a optimal a, a, a more desirable solution than to try to than to try to tyrannize yourself. I think I believe that. Now I'm throwing this out here way too soon. So so. Please don't listen to this and come back to me and say, well, you told me I should go get drunk for the weekend at the, at the motel. No. There's some, some very, very specific things that I am saying. And one is that if, if you wanted to do that and wanted me to be involved, we would definitely talk about it. So, so, so don't grab this. and I mean, I can't stop you. You can grab it and do anything you want with it. But I am encouraging you, don't, don't grab it and, and run with one little piece. But at least consider, at least consider that there, that it would be 
more desirable to rule and increase the domain of your rule than to take the domain as a given and saying, well, if I can't rule it, then I will tyrannize it. I would say that to the ruler of a country. <laughs> well, what can you rule? Well, rule that well and let it grow. Don't decide that, well, since I can't rule it, I will tyrannize it. And uh, I, think, I think that's the choice that's, that's going on. It's a whole federalist argument. Well, it's, it's tied to that. The idea that, that we want to rule from the top down. It's like, no, let, let's grow the domain of our rule. Because if we go to the top down, then, then what we have to do is, is tyrannize. Um, and tyranny is unstable. And, and I think, well, I can think of examples. So there's, there's, my, there's my hypothesis. I think that self-tyranny is a thing. I think it is, a, is not the optimal. I think it would be better to rule less well than to, to try to tyrannize. If you are, if you look at what you have been doing and say, you know, I have been tyrannizing myself. I would say, first, first look for that hope. One of the, and I'll close with this, one of the surprising things, um, and this is from a Christian perspective, but there's a, there's a verse, a set of verses in Corinthians, and, and it says, now by these three, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Well, as I look at my, and, and maybe different, it may be different in, in different arms of Christianity, but I know that as I grew up, I heard hundreds and hundreds of sermons on love. I heard hundreds and hundreds of sermons about faith. I cannot remember any any sermon about hope. So if you are finding yourself trying to, from a Christian perspective, I don't know, I don't know, I can't speak to you. If you're, if you're from a different perspective, you tell me. Maybe, maybe there are other worldviews that are much stronger at hoping. But, if you're coming from a Christian perspective, there may be a lot of hope to be discovered that you just haven't seen because you nobody's been advising you to look for it. Look for that hope. That I will tell you. Look for that hope. It may be that you can find enough hope to increase your rule. But if you can't find that hope, Rather than saying, okay, well, then I'll tyrannize myself, I think start looking for what domain could you rule in hope. And rule it. Now, I mean, that's not an argument you could take to your public defense or to your, your um, prosecutor. <laughs> well, at least I'm not snorting the pills. So I still think it's a bad idea. 
but start ruling yourself. I believe that. Help other people to rule themselves. Help other people to, to grow in that hope. Well, I have I have used up my walk, most of it. I still have the hill to walk, but I have to go into my shop and find a pair of skis. My son wants to ski, and so I'm going to try to find skis. My point is, I'm getting skis to go out on a different kind of trail, and uh, wishing you happy trails today, and we will talk again further down the way.